You are listening to You Were Made For This, the podcast to help transform your relationships into the best they can be. Welcome to You Were Made For This. If you find yourself wanting more from your relationships, you've come to the right place. Here you'll discover practical principles you can use to experience the life-giving relationships you were made for. And now here's your host, John Sertalic. Hey, thank you, Carol. And hello, everyone. I'm glad you've joined us today for episode 163, What You and I Need Most. Now, if you're new to the podcast and like what you hear, I encourage you to follow the show by going to my website, johnsertalic.com, and then click on the follow or subscribe button. That's John with an H and Sertalic with a C, C-E-R-T-A-L-I-C dot com. Three events in today's news from around the world remind me of what you and I need most in the troubled times in which we live. It's the subject of today's show where I talk about a relationship thread that connects all three of these stories. The first is the horrific murder of 19 fourth graders in Uvalde, Texas. The second is the celebration of Queen Elizabeth's Platinum Jubilee in England. And the third is the anniversary of the D-Day invasion of Normandy, France, 78 years ago this month. Keep listening because you'll hear where to find what you and I need most in today's world. What's true here in June 2022 as I record this will be true in 2052 and every year following. It's just part of the human condition. I'll start with an article Peggy Noonan wrote in the Wall Street Journal shortly after the shooting in Uvalde, Texas. It's a blistering piece of fire-breathing anger at the police on the scene who stood around for 45 minutes outside the school while the killer inside gunned down children in their classroom. The failure of the police to storm the building to take out their murderer is contemptible, says Noonan. Young children were calling 911 from their cell phones while the police did nothing. They called for help, but none came. One of the things I appreciate about Peggy Noonan is her ability to look at events in the larger context and to find meaning in them that goes beyond the immediate. She ends her article with the following couple of paragraphs, which I'll read to you. She says, I close with a thought tugging around in my brain. I think I am seeing a broad and general decline in professionalism in America, a deterioration of the pride in concepts like rigor and excellence. January 6th comes, and law enforcement agencies are weak and unprepared, and the U.S. Capitol falls to a small army of mokes. Now, I don't know about you, but I didn't know what mokes means. It actually means a stupid or incompetent person. Anyway, back to the article. Afghanistan and the departure that was really a collapse, all traceable to the incompetence of diplomatic and military leadership. It's like everyone's forgotten the mission. 
I'm not saying, oh, America was once so wonderful, and now it's not. I'm saying we are losing old habits of discipline and pride in expertise, of peerlessness. There was a kind of American gleam. If the world called on us in business, the arts, the military, diplomacy, science, they knew they were going to get help. And she puts help in italics to emphasize the word. The grown-ups had arrived with their deep competence. America now feels more like people who took the expedited three-month training course and got the security badge and went to work and formed an affinity group to advocate for change. A people who love to talk endlessly about sensitivity, yet aren't sensitive enough to save children bleeding out on the other side of the door. I fear that as people, we're becoming not only increasingly unimpressive, but increasingly unlovable. And then she ends with this very powerful sentence. My God, I've never seen a country so in need of a hero. Let that sink in for a minute. My God, I've never seen a country so in need of a hero. It's Noonan's take on what you and I need most right now. I'm going to come back to this in a little bit. Well, in contrast to the implication of the murders in Texas, we had the Platinum Jubilee celebration in England for Queen Elizabeth II. It was to honor her for the 70 years she's been the queen and for becoming the longest ruling monarch in English and European history. Is there anyone who doesn't like Queen Elizabeth? I saw a few TV clips of the Jubilee event and all the commentators talked about the hundreds of thousands of Brits who turned out for this four-day celebration to cheer the Queen on. In watching this, I couldn't help but think of Peggy Noonan's quote about America. I've never seen a country so in need of a hero. Could it be that Queen Elizabeth is the hero England needs? She doesn't have any political power. She can't set policies for the country. Yet she is so dearly loved. Why? My sense is that she is stability personified in the otherwise unstable world we all live in. She is a continuation of the monarchy that's been part of British history for over a thousand years. Her appeal is even more winsome when you consider the dysfunction of the royal family. There's Prince Charles, her son, and the messy divorce with the oh-so-popular Princess Diana and the related affair with Camilla. There's a scandal with the Queen's other son, Prince Andrew. And, of course, the current hot mess with Harry and Meghan throwing the royal family under the bus. Yet, Queen Elizabeth stays out of the public fray of it all. You've just got to admire a queen like this. The family she presides over isn't all that different than some of our own families. 
Is someone like Queen Elizabeth what you and I need most right now? Before I answer, there is one more worldwide event to consider. One that connects with the Peggy Noonan article about the shooting in Uvalde, Texas, and Queen Elizabeth's Platinum Jubilee. This month, here in 2022, marks the 78th anniversary of D-Day, the invasion of Normandy which marked the beginning of the end of World War II. This year's anniversary had a different twist to it that I had not seen or heard of before. Several years ago, in rare bipartisan support, Congress approved an addition to the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. It's called the D-Day Prayer Project, and construction on it begins next month in July 2022. Here's the backstory. On June 6, 1944, at 9.57 p.m., President Franklin Roosevelt addressed the nation on radio, announcing the D-Day invasion that had begun earlier that day. He encouraged everyone listening to join him in prayer about the invasion. The prayer he gave is the same prayer that will be added to the World War II memorial. It's just about his prayer. It's not too long, so I will read it to you. It was what the world needed most on June 6, 1944. And it certainly is what you and I need most now. As I read the prayer, look, look past the specifics of the wartime need, and instead, think about the appeal to a person outside of ourselves to meet our deepest needs when things are looking terrible. Because that's the point. Well, here, here's, here's the prayer. My fellow Americans, last night when I spoke with you about the fall of Rome, I knew at that moment that troops of the United States and our allies were crossing the channel in another and greater operation. It has come to pass with success thus far. And so, in this poignant hour, I ask you to join with me in prayer. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. Lead them straight and true. Give strength to their arms, stoutness to their hearts, steadfastness in their faith. They will need thy blessing. Their road will be long and hard, for the enemy is strong. He may hurl back our forces. Success may not come with rushing speed, but we shall return again and again. And we know that by thy grace and by the righteousness of our cause, our sons will triumph. They will be sore tired by night and by day, without rest, until the victory is won. 
The darkness will be rent with noise and flame. Men's souls will be taken with the violence of war. For these men are lately drawn from the ways of peace. They fight not for the lust of conquest. They fight to end conquest. They fight to liberate. They fight to let justice arise and tolerance and goodwill among thy people. They yearn but for the end of battle, for the return to the haven of home. Some will never return. Embrace these, Father, and receive them, thy heroic servants, into thy kingdom. And as for us at home, fathers, mothers, children, wives, sisters, and brothers of brave men overseas, whose thoughts and prayers are ever with them, help us, Almighty God, to rededicate ourselves in renewed faith in Thee in this hour of great sacrifice. Many people have urged that I call the nation into a single day of special prayer. But because the road is long and the desire is great, I ask that our people devote themselves in a continuance of prayer as we rise to each new day and again when each day is spent. Let words of prayer be on our lips, invoking thy help to our efforts. Give us strength, too. Strengthen our daily tasks to redouble the contributions we make in the physical and material support of our armed forces. And let our hearts be stout to wait out the long travail, to bear sorrows that may come, to impart our courage unto our sons wheresoever they may be. And, O Lord, give us faith. Give us faith in Thee faith in our sons, faith in each other, faith in our united crusade. Let not the keenness of our spirit ever be dulled. Let not the impacts of temporary events, of temporal matters, of but fleeting moments, let not these deter us in our unconquerable purpose. With thy blessing, we shall prevail over the unholy forces of our enemy. Help us to conquer the apostles of greed and arrogancies. Lead us to the saving of our country and with our sister nations into a world unity that will spell a sure peace invulnerable to the schemings of unworthy men and a peace that will let all men live in freedom reaping the just rewards of their honest toil. Thy will be done, Almighty God. Amen. Well, that was a bit longer than I thought, but can you imagine a prayer like that being said by a president or any politician these days anymore? My goodness, where have we come from? Well, Let's return now to these three events I mentioned in the beginning and consider the theme, 
that they all touch on. The elementary school killing of 19 children in Uvalde, Texas, Queen Elizabeth and her platinum celebration in England, and then finally the anniversary of the D-Day invasion of Normandy, France. The thread that ties these events together is the need for someone or something outside of ourselves to get us out of a mess, to give us a sense of stability that things are going to be okay, no matter what. Like the trapped school children in Uvalde, Texas, we all need someone to rescue us. In our case, to rescue us from ourselves. We need stability in our lives. We need someone outside of ourselves, like a Queen Elizabeth, who has been giving 70 years of her life to serving her subjects with no intention of stopping. Someone so deeply committed to us. Someone beyond ourselves. We all need God like the Allied forces needed on D-Day. Like FDR, who called upon us to pray to defeat that which seeks to destroy us. So, what, what does all of this mean for you? It's easier to understand how we need to be saved from forces outside of ourselves, like evil people. It's harder to understand how, at times, we need to be saved from ourselves, from our own sin, from our own assumptions, from our own idiosyncrasies. What we need most, in all cases, is Jesus. In the Gospel of John, chapter 6, some of the disciples of Jesus begin to desert him. And it prompts Jesus to say to his 12 disciples, in effect, Are you going to leave me too? Peter replies and says basically, Lord, where else would we go? You are the only one who gives life. You are the only thing that makes sense. Well, here's the main takeaway that I hope you remember from today's episode. We all need to be rescued from something. Often it's to be rescued from ourselves. So the rescue must come from someone outside of us. Thankfully, what we need most is right in front of us. Just look and you'll find Jesus there, ready to rescue. As always, I'd love to hear any thoughts you have about today's episode. In closing, I hope your thinking was stimulated by today's show. Enough to call upon Jesus to calm your heart in light of the troubled times in which we live. To ask Him to save you from fears, idiosyncrasies, and dysfunctions, whatever they may be and to replace them with the peace only He can provide. For when you do, it will help you experience the joy of your relationship with God through His Son, Jesus. Because as you know, you were made for this. Well, that's all for today. 
Please tell others about this podcast if you think it would be interesting and helpful to them. And don't forget to spread a little relational sunshine around the people you meet this week. Spark some joy for them. And I'll see you again next time. Goodbye for now.